J.C. Sherbert. Woo! 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 Fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? The Cops have won this game! You're your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now! 
Phil Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you're joining the dance, All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barn Dominium Company, the Barndo Co., as they are called, the thebarndominiumco.com. Gamecock owned and operated, and if you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or the long state of Tennessee, they can build your dream home for per square foot. It's really incredible what they do. As the Gamecocks say, they do as well. Welcome home, thebarndominiumco.com. Welcome to May. May 1st it is. JB, JC, and Phil, we're here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. John and Keith will join us. John Whittle of thebigspur.com. Keith Alsep at the top of the 12 o'clock hour. Late last night, JC Confirmed the speculation that Travian Robertson has been welcomed back home. He will replace Jimmy Lindsay as the new defensive line coach for Gamecock football. And uh, certainly plenty to get into the, on that front. JC was in town all weekend. We spent the day to get, get together yesterday and talked about this a bunch. Uh, so certainly uh, plenty plenty to get you caught up on on that front. A amazing, amazing Saturday for Carol, Carolina Rise and Carolina Rise Live at Home Team Barbecue in North Mount Pleasant. I think about 125 tickets were sold and almost 200 people in attendance. About 15 players were in attendance from Gamecock football. That picture uh, over my shoulder is is many of those guys. Um, We'll certainly give our thoughts and thank yous for that, Uh, and we'll talk a lot about it. All of you that made it there, y'all are the best. We met a ton of you exceptional people um jc will back this up because we talked about it for 24 straight hours after the event carolina football has really really special special kids in that program uh and they represented shane beamer and his staff and in in the gamecocks as well as you could represent anybody carolina avoids the sweep yesterday against the auburn tigers tiffany's already jabbing me well here's here's the thing though I always, 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 yesterday, Friday was the first time I've ever said anything like that. You two know it. I'm always, I don't ever give predictions. I'm like, hey, look, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. I don't think they'll ever sweep in the SEC. But I uh, went out on a limb, so I will take your advice. Usually I never predict a sweep, but I predict every weekend that they'll play well. Uh, so I won't do that again for you. Uh, and uh, and you're right. Uh, I'm generally not good at predictions anyways. So, um, But a lot to get to in baseball. And uh, plenty in the portal and transfer news and all this, that, and the other. And so the next couple of hours are going to be jam-packed. Tell your friends. And JC, you made it home. That's good. Bill, you made it back on the air. That's better. (laughs) Yeah, I slept slept the whole way back on on the flight last night and uh, was rejuvenated today. Uh, Great. What a weekend. You know, it was a tremendous, certainly – uh, loved and enjoyed meeting all of you that listened to the show. I think there are many of you that uh, came up and introduced yourselves and uh, appreciate uh, the support for Carolina Rise, certainly. 
Um, and really, the most important thing to me uh, from the event that happened was uh, the players had a really good time. The fans had a really good time. The kids that showed up had a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that That's like the holy trinity right there. So that was um, – that meant a lot to me personally that uh, everybody had fun and, and enjoyed themselves because, you know, sometimes you go to quote unquote fundraiser events and stuff and it's, you know, it's not like your favorite thing to do, right? It's a good meal. Maybe it's, Oh, who won this or, or you know, but it's, it's not a blight. You don't walk away going, Oh man. And I've been to my share of those. Uh, this one, just about everybody like couldn't get over how good of an event it was. Um, if you did not have a good time, I apologize. I will make some tweaks and uh, all that, but I think we're at least batting about nine ninety <laughs> in terms of uh, <laughs> people that had fun versus not. So, uh, and in Columbia too. I mean, the Columbia event was a little bit different. You know, large baseball turnout, and, uh, probably not as many fans in Columbia, but uh, a lot of VIPs and a lot of uh, people that got to meet people they wanted to meet. And uh, that's important, too. And, again, with that one, the kids had a blast. So uh, do it for the kids, right? So uh, that was uh, that was very um, very gratifying that uh, uh, all of my folks, and you all are all, are, are all, you are all my folks, you know, my people, Gamecocks, uh, ha- had a good time at those events, and I appreciate it. Can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart to, that you came out and supported uh, the Gamecock football players. Yeah, they, Phil, we wish you could have been there. I mean, it was it was really neat. Um, and obviously, I know everybody wants to talk about Travian Robertson, so we won't bore you with how with all of our special moments from the from the weekend. But um, but uh, uh, first and foremost, thanks to um, Michelle Wilkins and her team from Electric Bikes of Charleston. Uh, they they ended up really being the hit of the event on Saturday. The players, every one of them, was off riding bikes. You'll see a lot of that here in the future. Um, by way of video and other things, uh, the electric bikes were, they stole the show. Uh, we kind of thought they might, and they did, um, you know, to Shane Beamer and his staff while they were riding these bikes on the sidewalk, uh, none of them veered off into highway 17. So we made sure that they were safe. Not going to get hit <laughs> by a car, uh, before the season started. Um, thanks to Tony Pope and in his team at State Farm Insurance for what they did for us and uh, the East Cooper Warhawks, uh, their football program. All of them were great partners in putting on the event this weekend. Uh, the players uh, were uh, obviously very involved with all those guys and um, taking pictures and videos and, and doing this, that, and the other. But I, I, I think, again, I, I've said this a thousand times, and I'm going to say it a thousand more, uh, is, I mean, J.C., we spent ample time – I've been around a lot of college athletes in my life, and you have too, a lot. And it is very, very, very rare. It's very rare that the whole group that you're around, especially when it's a larger group, that you walk away and you you go, well, they were all unbelievable. Usually there's one or two where you're like, yeah, I don't you know, whatever. Not, not with this group. Not I mean. this weekend. <laughs> They no. were awesome, and I'll read you. The, you know the names off uh, to carry on. Joiner, obviously, uh, Sydney Fugar, uh, Mukaba, Xavier Leggett, uh, Adonal Fortunes, Jakai Moore, Vashon Lee, Nick Gargiulo. Who, by the way, I'll put my evaluators cap on here for a minute. Eyeball test wise, surpassed my expectations. Uh, this dude's yeah. a legit six five. I mean, he's he ta- he's a towering 
hulk of an individual. So eyeball test wise, you know, either the SEC offensive line coaches uh, or, or an SEC offensive line coach or, or whoever, or the WWE are going to be really excited about this guy because he's, he's, he's massive. I mean, he's built, built like a brick, you know what? Yeah. Um, Trey Jones, who's awesome. Trey Knox, who oh. kind of just so, sort of like, we didn't know if he was coming or not. And he came to both events. Uh, <laughs> and I, I tell you what, Trey could be president of the United States one day, you know, yeah. and, and I'm sure you guys have heard him at his press conferences. He's just like that real cool in real life, laid back, yeah, uh, spent, stayed to the end of both events. Talk, just talking to fans, uh, tremendous individual. Jalen Nichols was there. Uh, knee, the knee didn't look too bad. You know, he had a cast on it. He was getting around a little bit. So uh, Juju McDowell, uh, Mario Anderson Jr. there. And then Josh Simon came to the, uh, to the Columbia event. He had, he was out of town on a trip that he had previously planned on Saturday. So he couldn't make it to Charleston, but he was there. You, so, you, missed, so like, a, you missed a name. We had a surprise. Marcellus Dial. Well, you missed Marcellus. Oh. You also missed, uh, O'Donnell Fortune, who showed up on oh. Saturday. As yeah, well. and I think you said Xavier Leggett, but uh, yeah, oh yeah, I said I said oh, yeah, O'Donnell showed up Saturday, and, and he was there. He was there Friday, kind of hanging out, but uh, he he showed up, and him and Juju McDowell and Marcella sat there and talked to fans. Uh, well past the time that oh, yeah. uh, that they they could have you know bolted on out, so. Uh, Varshawn Lee won the wing, eat, wing eating contest back to back. His technique and pacing are unrivaled. Yeah, he's he's unbeatable. <laughs> I, 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 I got to say something though, man. We we Jakai Moore got screwed in this whole thing, and I felt for. I was trying to stop it before it started, but nobody would listen to me. There was people shouting and and you know just anxious to get it going. Everybody had their. If anybody's ever been to home team, you know what I'm talking about when I'm about to say this. Everybody already had their wings. JC, they were sitting out there for five minutes, seven minutes, whatever. Ja'Kai didn't have his wings yet. Well, he gets his wings, and everybody's just like, okay, we got our wings. Let's start. Dude, his wings were, like, on fire hot. Like, he couldn't even eat them. There was some poor little lady at the end of the row who kept picking each one up and blowing on them to try to cool them <laughs> off and then would put them down. And he's like, nah, I'm not going to eat that one. It's yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I know. And I felt bad for Ja'Kai because Ja'Kai, on, on Thursday, Ja'Kai was getting going and he was right there. And then uh, I, I think the seasoning or something got to him. And, I mean, he kind of slowed <laughs> way down. His stomach was hurting. So, man, that just uh, – he got, he got screwed, man. Totally. <laughs> it was, but, uh, you know, you mentioned Trey Knox, and um, I think one of the things I always look for this as a Southern gentleman is um, is what type of manners and stuff like that do people have. And you know how many times I heard sir between these 15 dudes yeah. on Saturday? Yes, sir. No, sir. I had to keep telling them, you don't have to say that to me. And um, – but they were very grateful, certainly, and uh, grateful for you and, and the event um, and just as kind as they could be. And the way that they treated these kids was special. There was a ton of kids. Um, and, again, it was uh, just really, really, really neat. So very, very uh, happy for those guys. And Shane Beamer's football program just represent you. Gargiulo, I mean, these guys are – these guys are big. on looks like a rummy. You, you want the scouting report, the eyeball test? We'll give it to you real quick. Um, 
Marcellus Dial is unbelievably confident in his ability to be a corner. He's he is this kid can play. He's going to have a special year. Uh, Trey Knox, you look at him, you're like nobody can cover him. Uh, Nick Gargiulo is probably going to end up eating a guy or two along the way this season. Ja'Kai Moore somehow has gotten bigger, and I don't understand how that's even possible. To carry on, Joyner looks like a running back. Sidney Fugar is everything that you've seen in the pictures. You can't explain it. Mar- Mario Anderson is very well put together, and you see it, JC. He they they not only trimmed him up, but he just he's just a quick cat, man. And um, and uh, he's a guy who's he's going he's going to be dangerous. Um, he's going to be dangerous. Mo Kaba looks like an SEC linebacker. I mean, the things are there, and you can see it. You can see it. Um, but they were just wonderful people who made everything go off well. And by the way, hats off to Chris and Nana's Porch for leaving me uh, six um, trout fillets and two things of pimento cheese, one in which JC ate all of yesterday, so I only have one left. But certainly appreciate that, Chris. Pimento cheese straight out the bucket. (laughs) Bill, Bill, we were sitting on my back porch watching Gamecock (laughs) baseball. I brought crackers out and a thing of pimento cheese. I had three of them. Nat had two, and I looked up about three minutes later, and the whole damn thing was gone. I'm familiar with how things like that go. <laughs> hey. Yeah, but I, but Phil, look, I, I swear to God, I did not. No, I know the barbecue wasn't you. Man. I didn't need that barbecue that night. I, I, knew, Dina, I knew Dina was going to be mad. I, I saw him get up there, get the spoon, and plop it on a plate and melt. And spray cheese all over it. We have this friend that did this. And man, y'all were I was like, Dina worked too hard on that crock pot barbecue for me to go eat another sandwich. And uh, and, and our, our one of our, our people we hung out with at the time, McBride, he got up and uh, he got up and helped himself and ate the whole thing thing. And it's like I was like, Nah, man, there's no way I'm doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, now the. The spicy chips at Salty Nut Cafe after the 99 Clemson game. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> well, you're guilty of my pimento cheese as well. Which, by the way, and I'm not it's just good. saying this. I'm not just saying this. I, if, if it wasn't true, you know how I am. I just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Nobody's going to ask. It's the best pimento cheese I've ever had. And that's ahead of unfortunately. I, I, I don't want to offend anybody in Pauly's Island, but it's a, it's ahead of theirs. Uh, it's the best I've ever had. So now I'm like, okay, I got to get more. Cause I like to, I put pimento cheese on a lot of stuff. So, uh, yeah, but I still I, have one left. So thanks, Chris. I, I, um, yeah, I, I concur. And I'm a big fan of the Palmetto cheese. I can't get it up here anymore. Cause it's, uh, it's been canceled in Costco, but, uh, I, I do, I, I've always, I've always thought Palmetto, the Palmetto cheese set the standard. Chris is, uh, the Nana's porch pimento cheese uh, just blew it away. So the, the pimento cheese of champions. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, it's uh, it is it is that and more. And, oh, and by the way, thanks to Home Team Barbecue for for hosting us. They were they were wonderful. So, um, well, uh, enough of that. I assume, uh, but we will. Uh, we've got pictures and stuff. You'll you'll start to see some things throughout the week. But uh, JC's already said it, and and I'm going to reiterate what he's had to say. Thanks to all of you that bought tickets and showed up and brought your families and spent your Thursday and Saturday um, with the Gamecocks. That's what it was for. It was for them. It worked. Every one of them were thrilled. 
they they can't wait to do it again. We've exchanged a lot of phone numbers with a lot of these guys and things like that uh, to do some work with them down the road um, legally. And and we certainly look forward to doing all of that. So uh, thanks to all of you who we got to meet. And I know I've already seen some of you, Cam, and got you guys in the Jamie Churchill, a bunch of y'all in the in the chat box over here. Uh, really meant a lot to us for you to just come up and and, and say hello and um, spend your day with the Gamecocks because that's uh, certainly what what it was uh, all about. Speaking of Gamecocks, it is so neat to see Travian Robertson back in Columbia. JC, you were the very first one, regardless of what anybody out there on Twitter thinks, you were the very first one last night to actually have the official news. Um, I actually didn't see it until I woke up before this morning. JC, I fell asleep at 7. The last text I sent you last night when you were about to get on the airplane, I was asleep five minutes after that. I woke up at 4 in the morning. I was so tired. <laughs> I can tell, dude. Tell. Yesterday, you were I was running out of cooking. gas. I was out of gas, man. I mean, we went I from over a couple of times. I thought JB was asleep. I was like, yeah. oh, man, you know. We, we, we went from a vi- all day event to Isle of Palms to my cousin's house to the Windjammer to Folly Beach on Sunday. And as much as I wanted you to stay in town, I was so happy you were getting on that airplane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. but, I, but I was also happy you were here. So, uh, Travian Robertson coming to South Carolina. John Whittle is coming on the show in about two minutes. So we do need to hit a timeout. But yeah. uh, when when we return, we'll let uh, JC and John take that conversation, and then we'll certainly get into Gamecock baseball. They stay at number three in the country, number two in the RPI. They are just fine as it stands today. Uh, and uh, Keith Allsup coming up just a little bit later as well. So it's just jam-packed, hour and 45 minutes left in our program. Please stick around, and we will be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. 
But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. John Barber and his team be happy to take your call at 803-446-4662 to talk about how they could potentially turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat for the summer. And, of course, Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Baker Kane Realty team sponsor the first hour of the show. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy. She'll be happy to take care of all your upstate residential real estate needs. Joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by Mr. John Whittle, best in the business of baseball. But I think, John, everybody wants to talk about uh, the return of one of our favorite Gamecocks, Tradian Robertson, coming back as an off or defensive line coach. But um, how you doing, John? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to uh, see Travian coming back. Um, it uh, certainly feels like a good hire to me for, for the Gamecocks. Um, one hundred different reasons why beyond just just being a former football player. So I, I think it's certainly a, a great move by by Shane Beamer to uh, work quickly and and uh, you know bring bring Travian back to the program. And look, it's I want to I want to just explain this. And, and look, I understand people get concerned. Oh well, you know these days assistant coaching hires are magnified. You used to not even be able to name. Uh, the assistant coaches, I remember the, the Tiger tailgate show, which don't hate me because I had to listen to it because the daggum Gamecock tailgate show was on an AM station in Spartanburg. And it didn't even come on but for an hour. So the Tiger tailgate show used to be this three-hour extravaganza. But you'd listen to it, and they, they'd have this little – they'd have a band or something play it, and they're like, well – Offensive line coach, James, what's his face? Yeah, you know, because those guys needed the pub. Nobody knew. Um, offensive coordinators sort of kind of got popular for a while, but that was it. Nowadays, everything's magnified. So I understand the questions. I want to make it clear. If this guy's name was John Smith, if this guy's name was Hunter Renfro, <laughs> okay, uh, and he had done decided he wanted to coach D-line and had done what Travian had done, uh, I'd want to hire Hunter Renfro. I mean, it, it's you look, you know, your best gauge as to whether a guy can coach or not is what's he doing and who's he doing it with. Okay, Georgia State, Tulane, two uh, two lanes in the America. Georgia State's in the Sun Belt. Two places that you don't you don't ever get the top line recruits from the South. You're in the South, but you don't get the top line recruits. Tulane is extra hard to get players because of the academics. Okay, 
he was a, he killed it at Georgia State. Jordan Strong, we all know him. Well, guess who coached him up? Travion Roberts. Okay. Uh, Tulane was 2-10 in 2021. Uh, that same year, Georgia State set a school record for sacks with 38 and a half, right? Uh, Tulane is 2-10. He goes to Tulane, and last time I checked, they beat Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl and won their conference. They also uh, beat a little team called Kansas State, which won the Big 12 this past year. Uh, and the results of that game were largely due to Tulane's defensive front lining up and whipping their ass. Okay. And that's with like eight, seventh, eighth tier recruits uh, that you got to kind of, and, and Travion didn't even recruit those guys. He didn't even have a chance to like go and identify like, and, and say, okay, I'm going to take this guy and we'll make him into a star in three, four years. He hit, he inherited what he got and did it. Okay. So who else has done that on the D line? During his career, maybe Tyrone Nix, first year under Spurrier, you know, got the most out of guys like Jordan Lindsay and Chris Tucker and Oris Lambert and the Adrian Cooley and those cats. But one Bradford Lawing, okay, Brad Lawing was the D line coach here for 16 and a half years or 16 years through three different staffs. Probably the most legendary assistant in the history of Carolina football. And I know in the modern era, uh, he, he he's the longest tenured. Uh, although it was three separate occasions, uh, Steve Spurrier Jr. will be uh, the longest consecutively with 11, 11 years. But, you know, this guy, I mean, you know, taught Travy and everything he knew. Brad was the D-line coach at Georgia State, right? Uh, he unfortunately had some health issues, had to resign. Travian just got promoted, and boom, away we go. Um, so to me, the proof is in the pudding. People ask me about recruiting, and I'll just say this. I don't have a long list of five-star recruits he's recruited because – he hasn't because he's at Georgia State and he's at freaking uh, Tulane if only for a year. Didn't have a chance to make an impact. But I promise you he's going to be good. And I'll say this to the people that doubt that, you know, some of the doubters also, including myself, uh, we question Jody Wright. Why not hire a great recruiter? Well, Jody Wright is a great recruiter. Okay, he's proven it. He got Nick Harbor. Uh, well, Sterling Lucas has never recruited. He's been in the NFL. Well, he got Nick Harbor and Desmond Umiazulu and Montague Rames. Although I got to give Taylor Edwards a lot of credit for Montague through that transition. So uh, look, man, and look who Sterling Lucas is in on now. So, so I'm going to give Shane the benefit of the doubt and trade me the benefit of the doubt on recruiting. Uh, but I know he can coach because I know how hard it is to coach at Tulane in Georgia state and get players. Well, now he's dealing with players that are infinitely more talented, whatever you want to call it and in a program with infinitely more resources than those two. Uh, so the sky's really the limit uh, for him. Uh, I can't – I think he's an upgrade, nothing against Jimmy Lindsey. I think the D-line, probably I'd give it during Jimmy's tenure here, probably like a B, B-plus at best. Um, I don't think they're the only reason that Carolina struggled to stop the run. Uh, but they never really got when you and, – and keep in mind, Muschamp left a bunch of four- and five-star guys on the D-line. Um, I never really felt like Lindsay got them to that close to their ceiling, okay, which is what you want. Um, and that, that may not be him, that may be the players, who knows? But but I think I will bet I will bet more on Travian doing it than Jimmy. Uh and Jimmy's going to a place now where you know you can throw a rock and hit f- three five star defensive linemen in the head <laughs> at LSU. People and that's another thing, people ask about that. Well, why is he leaving for a lateral move? D-line coach at LSU is not a lateral move. 
it's a premier job. Well, I will tell you this right now. It certainly is. That's right, coach. You know, uh, and so I'm just going to say that and, you know, and, and all that. Whittle has an excellent piece on the Big Spur for VIP members breaking down and echoing some of those thoughts when some thoughts were the zone. And I didn't mean to steal Whittle's segment. I just wanted to roll, roll that out there uh, at, at right now and, uh, and just let everybody know how strongly I feel about this and how uh, I think everybody should be very excited uh, about this hire. And I'll shut up. Whatever you want to do, John, it's up to you. Do you concur there, John? Or, I mean, you know. (laughs) Nod your head if you want us to move on. That's right. Nod and wink. Blink twice. I mean, that was 10 minutes right there of of J.B. Robert from J.C. So, there there we go. Now we can move on. (laughs) Well, I – I did I, read I, your piece on the, the on the yeah. TBS this morning. It was it was a good piece. Y'all should check it out on the big. Well, he's got he does, to say to back up what JC was saying. though, the numbers are there. John put yeah. the numbers mm-hmm. in that piece as far as um, as far as I, I think one of the things that I would be interested to hear about it, you know at some point in time down the road is what other radars was Travian on. Do we know anything about that or is, have y'all heard anything at all? Was anybody out there maybe going to try to hire him at some point? Well, no. It, it, keep in mind too, he's. Sorry, yeah, John. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> what, no. hey, hey, look, I, did, I, I didn't get home late last night, guys. Come on, give me a break. Sorry, I'll, I'll, it's I'll, my I'll, fault. I just my like two poor faces on the screen. We, we'll bring in anybody to do that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna mute my mic, okay? <laughs> I mean, it, it does not. It does not seem like he was going anywhere this year. Now, is he on radars? Yeah, I mean, he, he's an up and coming coach. We he didn't have a he didn't have a lot of time to put together a ton on his resume at Tulane, but JC certainly detailed some of the great things that he did there in his one year from from an on field development standpoint. But you go back and look at what he did at Georgia State in terms of improving not only their run defensive numbers, they were last in the league when he took over from the year before in sacks, tackles for loss, run defense. They were up to first or second in the conference uh, his final two years in all of those categories. So uh, he he did a great job over time uh, developing players and recruiting at that stop. He certainly did an an, an incredible job at, at Tulane. Uh, with, with what he did in his year there, and and there, there's really no doubt that he was he was a rising star in, in the coaching profession. And he's 34, 35 years old, right right in that range. So, you know, he's he's taking the path of of uh, that that you typically take as a rising assistant. Well, I think guys, and I'm being JC. We were just toying with you, but I mean, honestly, when you look at the staff um, with. Now, Travian has been recruiting for a few years, but I mean, you know, Coach Beamer has hired guys that we we didn't really know, right? Like how they would how they would do out there on the on the trail. You know, Sterling Sterling Lucas, um, Jody Wright. I mean, there's guys that I mean, extensive coaching experience, but just not sure how it would parlay into recruiting in college football. And as JC pointed out, and I think it's a very good point to be made, though, is like people that this fan base is excited, right, John, that because it is one of their own, they're always excited to see one of their own come back and wear those colors again. And and it ties you to a different era and stuff. And that's wonderful. 
but he actually is just a really good coach. And if we've learned anything about Coach Beamer is that he understands the person and whether the person can also be an evaluator of talent and can't really argue with the results thus far. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what is recruiting? It's it's evaluating talent, is is building relationships, and and you know that's that's the biggest deal. Being able to sell your program, and you know that's that's something that's those are things that aren't always tangible. Uh, that a that a coach has to have a, a head coach doing the hiring has to have a great feel for. And Shane has shown during his hiring uh, that that he has a feel for those qualities, and he certainly has done a tremendous job in in vetting. Uh, all of his hires, you know, when folks were were complaining about Dowell Loggins, he he uh, he listed a whole slew of guys that he spoke with to to uh, figure out exactly what kind of person he was getting in Dowell, not only from a from a, a development standpoint, an offensive mind standpoint, but also from a, a recruiting standpoint, personality standpoint. And, you know, he feels like you got the right fit. So, you know, but I, I bring that up to say, you know, he's going to go through the vetting process and, and talk to everybody that he needs to talk to to get the right feel for these guys. And he, he certainly has that with Travian, but he has that he has a, a, a pretty nice history of of knowing Travian over the years as well yeah I'd say so he doesn't have to go far to learn about Travian exactly. Robertson. Exactly. just to be just to be clear he is only coaching the interior right guys JC just the interior Sterling still has the ends yeah that's that's how they're gonna do it now I will add some comment and I reported this on on the big spur for our VIPs last night I will say there was some talk <clears throat> for a, a short period of time about maybe giving Sterling the whole D line and, and, and hiring a, a linebackers coach and letting Clayton white kind of walk around. But, you know, that, that really, you know, that they felt like they maybe, you know, would be missing out uh, or that well, I'll just say this, not to give away some of my VIP room tidbits for this evening. <laughs> uh, I will oh. say this, that, uh, that they, uh, they decided it was in the best interest of the program to proceed in, in the manner that they did. And I, and I, I tend to agree with all the angst and consternation and uh, overblown uh, hyperbole about the, Oh, there's no linebackers coach or whatever. You know, that, that's a little overblown. I, I think that the, the issues with the linebackers, number one, are not that bad. Uh, you know, number two, they've been more talent injury related than anything. So yeah. Uh, not just coaching. And Nat says, hi, Whittle, and I'll kick it back to you. She's in the chat. <laughs> back to you, John, in the studios. Uh, How about you, Tim? So switching over to baseball here, um, they salvaged yesterday, John, which was, which was huge with what they've been going through. Um, I, I mean, I, I personally think, you know, it was on, more on the pitching this weekend than anything. But if you actually go back, and you know, Auburn's been on a little bit of a roll here. I think uh, – Seven of their last eight games, they've scored at least seven runs in every game, and three or four of those have been in double digits. So they're playing well, kind of like they did last year at the right time of the year. Sometimes you just got to tip your cap to the other guy. Carolina did not move in the rankings today. They are still at number two in the RPI, and you never get through an SEC season without some adversity. But I think the one thing that we can all collectively say together is, oh, my God, that ball left the yard. Wasn't that tip it? Uh <laughs> No offense to him, but JC, we're, we were sitting together. And John, you correct me if I missed something here. But J, JC, we were talking about this yesterday. I was like, well, you, you can't pinch hit for him. 
Because if you do, you don't have anybody to play second. Like, there's really nowhere to go. And they had kind of gotten to this point in the game where they had runners on and nobody on base. And you bunt. Do you bunt here? If you do, who's coming up at the end of the order? What have they done? Nothing. So it's kind of the old school day of like, you know, you just somebody drive somebody in. And by God, that ball left the yard. And I don't know how it did, but he freaking hammered it, didn't he, John? He did. He did. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I saw it coming. So, but I, I will I will say this. Now, I wrote a little bit about in, in the fall and, and into the, the preseason that the, the kid has a little bit more juice than you would think. He gets some good exit velocity out of there. He's been swinging and missing a lot, so nobody's seen that, and I get it. Um, he has he he's just been he's just been overmatched, and he's faced some some really good pitchers uh, when he's when he's had the opportunity to play. He didn't he didn't go through the the non conference season playing a bunch get, getting a bunch of reps against Bethune Cookman or, or whomever else. He's he's been thrown to the fire against some some really good pitchers and and you know just he just he just isn't ready in general to be a consistent performer at this level. But you know. He does have some juice. He's not a weak hitter. He's a really good defender. Uh, the play he made with the bases loaded in the top of the seventh uh, with two outs, that was a much more challenging play than, than maybe it, it, it looked. It was more difficult than, than it's being given credit for. That was a, a huge play in that moment. And then he comes back in the bottom half of the inning to, to hit that home run. So all, all credit to him. He works really hard. I've been, I've been uh, getting into the, into the baseball stadium a little bit more more a little bit early um more often here here lately and there's been a couple of times where he's been out out at the field two and three out or three hours before first pitch you know working with Monty um out there individually before the rest of the team is out there on the field just getting extra work in there was one day he was out there for almost a half an hour just getting in some some extra time with Monty and and Monty working on his swing and so forth and that that was before the Florida series started. So, yeah, he he works hard. Um, he he shouldn't be a starter right now. And you know, when one of these guys get healthy, he'll he'll come out of the lineup for for most games. But but I, I do think that he's got a, got a future in the program. I mean, he's really good defensively. I, I'm not going to rule him out from being being the shortstop at some point in in his career at South Carolina. All right, we're how about the. <laughs> This has become a story in itself. I, I would imagine they could figure this out at some point in time down the road. Technology, both home runs, fair or foul, or could you tell? <laughs> Casas, Casas was foul. Okay. Uh, I, I have a pretty pretty good view of that one from where we are in the press box. I I, I think Messina's was fair. You know, based on where that ball landed, you know, I went yep. down and looked straight down the line. Based on where that ball landed, it would have been really difficult for that thing to have been foul and landed landed where it landed. Um, I, I think that was fair. And that, I mean, they missed three calls, I believe, in in uh, on the on that third baseline this weekend. Two by one umpire and one by a different umpire. I mean, Auburn had had two balls that I thought were were absolutely fair that were called foul. And then, of course, the big one was the the home run for 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 Messina. But I I don't I don't understand it. I I don't understand it. But there there were two that were that were borderline for Auburn, and one was pretty one was very clear clearly fair. But I I don't know what happened there. But it, it was wasn't a great weekend for the umpires, especially behind the plate on on Friday and Sunday. Those those guys were those guys were 
were not very good. No, they weren't. There's a there's a lot to talk about in this because I I'm t- I'm really tired of it. I'm tired of the amount of power that these guys have. And and I don't want to spend a ton of time in it because Kevin just said something that's on the agenda too. Caleb Denny, maybe a breakout weekend, and boy, will they need him down the stretch if they can get him. I want to talk about Will Sanders, but these guys, this is getting ridiculous. You know, Trackman's got these guys so caught up in webs that they don't know what a damn strike is anymore. Some of them only want to call one part of the zone. Some of them are scared to death to call the corners. Some of them don't even know. I'd seem it's it's seemingly that's what it looks like. They run Kingston out of the game before they even knew what he was arguing about. And I, and that that bothers me a lot. Like, John, you've been doing baseball your whole life. Okay, we've seen this a thousand times. A thousand times. If a coach comes out of the dugout like a bat out of hell, you ask him to pump the brakes. If he gets personal, run his rear end out of there. I get it. If he's hot about something, let him say what he needs to say. If he crosses the line, run him. But they they threw him out of the game because he, quote-unquote, got too close to an umpire. Well, you thought he was coming to argue balls and strikes as to whether that was a check swing or not. It wasn't. He went. That's strike three by the rule of the, by the letter of the law. The clock was zero, and they even finally showed it on TV after those boogers, uh, those guys had boogered it up, or boogers, had, however you want to call it. And so they, they screwed up. But yet he gets thrown out of the game, suspended for one. Hopefully he can appeal that and win it and be able to coach tomorrow night or Wednesday night, whatever the game is. But I, I, I where are we with this? Because the SEC, they got to find a way to, you know, to not make this bigger than it is. He throws him out of the game and then proceeds to zigzag away from him because I don't have to listen to this. They told me at the league office, I don't have to listen to you. I threw you out. You should immediately, like a robot, turn around and walk off the field. John, I think that's ridiculous. I, 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 there's way too much power with these guys, and when they screw things up, there's no accountability, and I'm frankly, I'm tired of looking at it every weekend. Yeah, well, a few things here. Uh, there's no appeals process, so Kingston will be suspended for Wednesday. That's another one. Um, it's crazy. I'm I'm with you on on more accountability and more public accountability for umpires. Um, I I I I feel like those guys should be uh, held to a higher public standard. And when when they do things that are wrong and obviously wrong and clearly wrong uh, or repeatedly wrong over the course of time, then 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 something needs to happen and it needs to be publicly expressed. And I, I, I feel that way with, with all officials, uh, regardless of sport. Um, my opinion, I, the, the SEC or, or NCA or, or whomever is, is put in this rule about staying off the field and staying out of the face of the umpires and so forth. And you know what, if, if they're going to do that, I, I'm okay with it. You know, I, I think sometimes those things get, get, way overboard and, and way out of hand. But, you know, if, if this, this umpire who's thrown out, who's thrown out Kingston is held accountable after the fact, then, then I'm okay with that part. So I, I, I see where you're coming from and, yeah. and I'm probably in the minority on, on that in terms of, in terms of the lack of, in, in, in terms of not wanting to see the amount of, arguing regardless of what sport it is, whether it's a, a, a football coach going um, going crazy on the sideline or a basketball coach racing racing down an official as they're running down the other end of the court. Like I, I'm not I, I, I'm not for that personally, but I do want to see 
um, you know, uh, officials, umpires, whomever held more accountable in terms of their mistakes than, than what they are. They're, they're, they're too protected on too many levels. And if yes. I'm going to pick one way to, to, to lessen that protection, it's going to be uh, with, I don't want uh, suspensions or, you know, demotions or, or whatever. That, that's the way I'm going to want to, I would rather see it handled versus, versus the other way instead of, I would rather them being protected um, from from uh, you know a hard charging coach that's just going to be spitting in their face and kicking dirt on them when when most most of the time the coaches are wrong. I mean, let's be honest, most of the time the coaches are wrong. But when they're right, like Kingston was, then you know the umpire needs to be held accountable. Well, I I totally agree with you. You're not in the minority on that. I look if you've got a rule where you can't come on the field, which I think that's ridiculous. I think if you run on the field like you're going to tackle somebody, okay, I get it. Um, I I don't umpires should be able to man up face to face. What world are we in? We can't man up and look someone in the face. He's not going to punch him. He's going to come out and say what he needs to say. But I'm with you. I agree with that. If you want to stop it there, fine. But you got to be able to provide some sort of explanation because we all know that that guy screwed up. The whole t- the whole team did. Kingston was trying to explain that to him. There's four of you. Nobody saw the zeros. It was zero on the clock. That pitch is ball four. In football, John, we all know this. These coaches, the stuff that they say oftentimes to these officials on the sidelines without getting a flag is 100 times what is said by these baseball coaches. You know it. JC knows it. Phil knows it. And everybody else knows it. And they're dogs. We know it. But nobody can hear it, so they don't feel like they've been shown up. But in baseball, you can hear it. So you get shown up, you get run out of the ballpark. I just think the double standard is it's gotten to a point, like you said, these second and third levels of protection for guys who continuously make mistakes and we don't ever hear anything about it again. I mean, the SEC created a freaking Twitter account a few years ago so they could tweet out, you know, whatever the issue was in a football game. And in baseball, it's like, yeah, it's over. We're not going to we'll address it. Just just don't don't say anything, boys. So I, I And now you got a guy who's going to miss a midweek game. For what? Why? Because you screwed up. I just don't see how there's any fairness in that, but I digress. All right, uh, Caleb Denny, I, I thought all year, hey, look, if, if they really want to provide some pop in the postseason, he's got to get going. <laughs> Seven for nine should get you going, right? Yeah, that's pretty good right there. <laughs> that's pretty good. He had he had uh, some really hard-hit balls, uh, did did a really nice job. I I think that um, I, I don't – I don't know that he's going to be a, a three-hole hitter for South Carolina like they kind of recruited him to be. They recruited him to to be in that spot. You know, I don't know that he has quite the bat speed to 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 get there on some of these hard throwers in the SEC consistently. Um, but he's a good hitter, and he's he really struggled for a while. But but seeing him come back around is is uh, certainly a nice development for South Carolina, especially. With with South Carolina being down so many of their productive hitters, like Evan Stone has a role, Will Tippett has a role, and Jonathan French has a role, and you know these guys can can fulfill what what they do pretty well, but they're not going to be guys who go out there and, and provide some offensive punch for you. And um, Denny can 
if if uh, if, if he gets going, and with so many of those guys who I listed having to play a lot of meaningful innings, um, you know, having having Denny in there uh, to to be able to help offensively is is certainly certainly a nice development. And and having you know when everybody gets healthy, you're at ten maybe eleven guys who who you really feel good about. And, you know, that's a that's a much better problem to have than having, a, you know, a, a lineup where you look and say, well, those six guys can probably help offensively, but those three guys <laughs> probably can't. So, you know, it, it, it's it, he certainly lengthens the lineup for you and is probably going to be be a decent bat for you down in the six or seven spot in the order. All right, my my final one. We know Noah Hall is at least seemingly unlikely to to pitch again this year. That's what it looks like. I don't know what the answer is to Will Sanders. Um, one week, one pitch looks good. One week, another one looks good. It just hasn't all totally come together this year, John. So uh, they've got three SEC series left, and and then they're into the postseason. So how would you evaluate where they are from a starting pitching standpoint with those three series left and the postseason lingering? And does a change need to be made, in your opinion? Well, I haven't given up completely on on Noah Hall coming back. There have been uh, he, he's got three, four different medical opinions, and they've varied in you know how he sh- how it should be handled, the rehab process, and so forth. But okay. you know they want to be cautious, and and I don't blame them. Um, meaning Noah and and his family want to be cautious about coming back and be sure that he's he's healthy and ready to roll. So uh, there's some thought that. He, as he feels better, and some of the the competitive juices get going again, and and postseason comes around, maybe maybe it'll work. But um, it's it doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. But had can't completely rule that out yet. Anyway, that being said, uh, the the hope is that that uh, these guys just that this past weekend was just bad for everybody. You know, last week was great again for against Florida you know those guys were incredible against Florida all of them so I don't have the numbers right in front of me but but Florida was was held down really really well this past weekend against Auburn but those those starters gave up 19 runs in 14 and a third innings and you know that that that's that, that's not going to be good uh for any weekend going forward that's great analysis there I know but I'm, I'm saying that to say I think you're <laughs> I think you're chalking. I think you're just going to chalk this Auburn weekend up to it was a shitty weekend. Can I say shitty? Um, it, yeah, it was. A hey, well, you just said it weekend. twice, so. <laughs> well, it was a crappy weekend, and and you're just going to try to forget about this one and go forward against Kentucky with with hopes that things change. Now, if if if, if these guys don't pick it up a little bit, then then maybe you have to have to adjust something, but. Um, I, I feel I don't I don't think there's any any changes coming this for this coming weekend. Will Sanders is your guy. Jack Mahoney's your guy. Matthew Becker's pitched great in three out of four starts. So, you know, I, I think you just you rock with them at least another weekend, and then you know maybe with one more week of data it changes after Kentucky going into Arkansas. But you know, I, I think you're rocking for right now. You know, hey, look, Becker had one bad inning yesterday. Hats off to him, man. He he really bounced back and pitched well. So. Uh, Absolutely. Retired 10 of the last 11, I think it was. So, yeah. I mean, he, he certainly certainly settled in after a really tough start, three home runs in the first two innings. Um, 
they, they got rolling after that. Yeah, yeah, he was he was good to go. All right, Phil, we'll um, we will uh, we'll leave it there with Harry Doyle and and uh, uh, what is is it Monty? Dynamite drop. Yeah, Monty. Is it Monty or Marty? Monty. Marty. Dynamite drop in, Monty. You, Harry, uh, JC, you're Harry and John's Monty. <laughs> Take over, Monty. I'm in the bag. First pitch. Ball. Why <laughs> ball? I don't know that that, like, in, in kind of a symbolic way, hasn't happened on the big spur before. So, I mean, I, I, I think kind of a been times that's happened, so uh, you know. Take it away, I'm in the back. <laughs> Maybe I'm lost on the message board or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, right. take it away, John. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's what I want to text Lake and be like, next time you're on TV, see if you can't uh, take over for one batter and just fly ball. Caught. <laughs> like the play of the year. <laughs> I know that that, that would get some run on this show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, man. John, thank you so much for your excellent stuff. We'll look for the VIP room around nine o'clock tonight. Hopefully eight, but but yes, yeah. yeah come, come at nine. You'll you'll be safe then. Okay, that's, that's it won't it. change. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we were able to let you talk in this segment today. We'll do it again next week. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Thank y'all for having me. <laughs> Thanks, John. There you go. Uh John Whittle, uh the best in the business. JC, we were just messing with you, you know. Because you but you I, I'm glad you said what you said. We haven't we haven't been able to you know really get into that. Because no. the, the, the 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 um the headline and I know Phil, we missed a break, so we have to stay on it in the second second hour here phil phil go back to back breaks at the top of the hour and, and we'll just hold on keith okay uh like yeah just so we're supposed to, we're gonna have like six minutes Man, yeah well, just go back to back go break two break three and then we'll come back uh because top of the hour break can be a little longer it's not a big deal that's i know like i'm like directing the show in real time no, now guys no that's good yeah, that, that gives works. everybody a chance to take a leak and yeah eat a sandwich whatever pardon my friend and it's like having to listen to the news at the top of the hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should have that. The news. I'll pop in with the weather. <laughs> JC Sherbert reporting live from Chicago. Seven more killings were just announced in the last 30 seconds. Yeah, I got off a plane last night. Uh, I had on shorts and a t shirt. What, exactly what I had on when I left your house, Jamie. Uh, Walk outside to meet the Uber. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I will say this, Phil. On I've, I've officially figured out how JC works here, which is just how how JC works. Like he works how he works, and then it, it, it the gaps just kind of fill themselves in. On Saturday after we left the event, he had pants on and a Gamecock baseball jersey. We go <laughs> to my my cousin lives on the Alapalms. We go to his house. We're sitting out on the porch watching the game. And his fiance and their friends come up. They had to run to Walmart. They buy a T-shirt for JC at Walmart. Not just any T-shirt. Cut off sleeves. It says, like, beer, barbecue, and America with, like, a... (laughs) American flag on it. Of course it does. So he, here he is just wearing this cut-off sleeve T-shirt and jeans. He's hot. My cousin's like, hey, I got some shorts. So he goes in, gives JC a pair of Nike mesh shorts, 
So he's now wearing a cutoff sleeve T-shirt from Walmart with a pair of my cousin's Nike mesh shorts. We go to the Windjammer. That's what he's wearing. I know the owners pretty well. They come out to give them some Searcy's, him and Nat. And JC's outside on the porch. He comes back in and he goes, is this for me? I said, yeah, he brought you a T-shirt. At the Windjammer with a Windjammer T-shirt on. <laughs> That's right. So I'm that guy. You're that, that guy. guy. And some mesh Nike running shorts. Yeah. Mesh Nike running shorts. Did not give a single care. That's right. A single care <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. God, it was so funny. I was like, how have we left the event and you have put on all clothes that you didn't buy? Like, what? People keep giving this guy stuff. Like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I wore the jersey because it was hot. It was nice and cool. And I, in the the jersey though is very comfortable to wear in hot weather. It's just, it's just uh, you can sweat through it. And so, drink, drench. Uh And then with the shorts, I wanted. I, hey, dude, you know what? I got the shorts because I wanted to get in that pool. Oh. I never got in the pool. <laughs> never even got in the pool. No, oh, you didn't. Watching the game. Watching the baseball. Anyway, enough about me. So, oh, so two, two breaks, Phil. We're back in like five, six minutes. Yeah, that yeah, sounds good. Make we are happen. painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com if you're in Georgia or in South Carolina. They are unbelievable and award winning, by the way. Tristan Still and his team are so good. They'll go anywhere in the state. And again, anywhere in the state of Georgia, licensed and insured in both. And they are Gamecock owned and operated indoors, outdoors, you name it. Let me paint something.com. All right, we'll hit that top of the hour break. Keith Alsep will lead off hour two when we return. I don't know who you are, I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Yeah, pro, pro, pro. Don't you know, no, no. From the littlest chick to the big old cock, it's the game. There goes the quest. Danny Hill. Spurs, Spurs. They'll run. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options, and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox.
Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team to talk about how they can bring some more sunshine into your life this summer. And we continue on with the McKellar Enterprises guest line with none other than our Monday regular, Keith Allsup of Gamecock Pod Daily. And, of course, Gamecock Pod Live. Don't miss it. Wednesday afternoon, right after the show. I think you had a pretty good one last week, Keith. Brad Crawford, I uh, can't remember who else was there, but rolling right along. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was, uh, Brad, Brad was uh, dropping scoop uh, about a certain defensive end who may or may not return to South Carolina. Uh People, people. I'll just say this: people are not lying when they talk about this possibility. No, they're not. Just keep it; just won't go away. It's kind of like a fungus. I mean, (laughs) you you think it's gone, and then it just keeps reappearing. So (laughs) we'll see what happens. But uh, I got to say, Gamecock Nation should be a, a happy and thrilled bunch of Gamecocks with the news that a former great is coming back home. And, you know, guys, I was in the library at Scotland County High School in Laurenburg, North Carolina, the day Travian Robertson committed to South Carolina, Tony Morrell, and I made the trip up and uh, stopped somewhere at Dairy Queen on the way back and had a celebratory blizzard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but meeting him, interviewing him when he was a teenager to see his career at South Carolina, what he's done in the NFL, and then becoming a coach uh, and becoming a great coach at that. Um, I, I think it's a major upgrade, JB. I know you said uh, you spoke with a couple of uh, pretty good sources then inside the building that thought Travian Robertson would be a major uh, coaching upgrade. And I agree. I think these guys are going to be coached harder, and I think you will get 100% of their potential instead of 80 or 90% because Travian Robertson learned from the best, was coached, by the best, and then uh, was at Georgia State with Brad Lawing when he was the D-line coach, and then he had a major health issue during spring practice, and Travian took over for him. So it's it's just a very, very exciting hire, and I'm just elated. That recruitment was interesting too because yes, it was. That's the reason I never say a hundred percent because a Clemson. I was at Rivals at the time working in Nashville early in my career. Uh, I remember the night before uh, a website that covers Clemson said a hundred percent Clemson, uh, and then that particular publisher. I think he works committed. for ESPN now, calling games. That yeah. Yes. Uh, no, no, it's another one. It's another one. But uh, 
I'm pretty I'm sure go, he said it too now. Uh, they all, yeah, they, I think they may have even had a story pop live. But uh, it um, <clears throat> there there's no 100%. I mean, it, 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 in terms of that. And uh, it was a very close recruitment. Clemson, Tommy Bowden, those guys did a great job. Because South Carolina was way out in front. Uh, the team to beat for a while was North Carolina. Well, then he visited Clemson, as happened a lot during that time period, over the summer. Uh, I think it was over the summer, and it looked like Clemson. Well, the Gamecocks ended up getting him, and here we are. Uh, and and Travian, uh, of course, start, he started the first game of his true freshman season at DM uh, and then slid inside and was a holy terror in there, played in the NFL for a while. I like him because he's a member of the 16-gallon club, which means you have a 16-gallon head, and he's got a big head like me. So yeah. kindred spirits in that way. But of, all, of a lot of the recruits I dealt with, you know, people ask me who my favorite to deal with was. And, you know, obviously Cliff Matthews and Marcus Lattimore were two of the best. But uh, it just from my standpoint, as far as Carolina kids, Travian probably be up there in the top five. I mean, just a, just a tremendous uh, person. And, you know, uh, you throw all that away the familiarity aspect and all that. And I said earlier, I don't care if the guy's name was Hunter Renfro and he decided to coach D-line and had the results Travian's had at two places where it's not easy putting together a great D-line, especially Tulane where, you know, I mean, you look at the difference between before Travian, two and 10, and then this past year, oh, Cotton Bowl champs. Uh, and you could say, well, 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 weren't they just an offensive team and all that? Yeah, they're a good offensive team, but – uh, the Kansas State game, the national media and all the reports will tell you in that game, and you watch it, Tulane's defensive front kicked their butts. They, they dominate. And that's with guys, Keith, that I would venture to say probably aren't as skilled and talented as what he's going to be working with at South Carolina. Yeah, so I absolutely agree. And on the final series, I think they sacked Caleb Williams at least twice. Uh, to end that game. But I want to go back to that recruitment because that was a very dirty recruitment. Okay. And I, I kind of have a special insight since the guy that was recruiting him for South Carolina has been one of my best friends for over 30 years. And the vitriol and the hate and the lies that Clemson and a guy like Brad Scott and Chris Rump told about Brad Lawing during that recruitment and Billy Napier really opened my eyes to just what kind of business that is. And I won't go into detail on this show, but I can promise you That caused me to have a strong dislike and essentially hatred for Brad Scott and Chris Rock. And I hope Chris Rock never gets invited back to the University of South Carolina over what he did during that recruitment. Well, I, I mean, obviously, I don't know any of those stories or anything like that, but as it pertains to I want to, Keith. I want to go back to something that JC said just a little while ago to kind of, uh, kind of hopefully create the bigger, the bigger picture here. 
as it pertains to coaching under um, Shane Beamer. Because, so we all know that, clearly, they know each other. I mean, Shane was here when Travian was here. Um, there, There's a relationship there. However, with that said, though, Coach Beamer has not just gone out and invited any and every former Carolina football player to come be a part of his staff, especially on the field. Like, he, he is specifically looking for certain guys to do things on the field. Uh, what they can and can't do as recruiters, what they can and can't do as developers, and then first and foremost, seemingly uh, always for Coach Beamers, what type of human being am I getting? Because if it's not a good one, I don't want him. I don't care what type of recruiter he is. Um, and and we have also seen, guys, that uh, Coach Beamer also is not scared in any way, shape, or form to take his time so he knows that he, or at least feels like he knows he's making the right hire at South Carolina. He's never on your timeline or my timeline or someone else's. He's on his. We've also discovered uh, he is he learned a lot from this first couple of months of employment with the Gamecocks, and the fact that you, there's a lot of people out there you just can't trust, and you just can't trust this industry in general. You never know when someone's going to pick up and leave overnight, and you've always got to be prepared. Well. In saying all of that, Keith, it certainly looks like he was prepared and ready, and he knew that his call was going to be to Travian Robertson. But it really seems to me like the fact that Travian Robertson was a Gamecock football player was secondary in all of this to the fact that he's a great coach and evaluator. And, oh, yeah, he also knows this program pretty well. I mean, look, JB, you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at the track record, what he did when he took over the defensive line at Georgia State. Jordan Strong, a former walk-on wide receiver, moved to defensive end and led FBS in sacks. Uh, Everywhere he's been, he's taken defensive lines from the bottom of the league statistically to among the leaders, if not the number one producing defensive line in the league. He learned from the best, from Brad Lawley. Okay, I can tell you right now, these guys are going to be coached harder, but they're going to be loved hard. They're going to be developed. They're not going to get out of a drill until they do it exactly the way he wants it done. You will see guys get pushed more to their limits than we have seen at South Carolina since 2012 when Brad Lawing departed. That is the kind of guy you're getting. You're getting a former NFL player who, oh, by the way, when he was with the Falcons, Michael Smith, a pretty good defensive coach. Mike Nolan, a great defensive coach. Sugar Bear Ray Hamilton, his defensive line coach with the Atlanta Falcons, spent almost 30 years in the NFL as a defensive line coach after a long playing career in the NFL. And then when he went to Seattle, oh, well, Pete Carroll, Dan Quinn, and Travis Jones. 
So not only at South Carolina, but in the NFL as a player, he played for some of the top defensive minds in the history of the NFL. And Travion Robertson is the total package. Not only did he attend the University of South Carolina, his wife is a Gamecock. Okay, they are literally coming home. You've got a guy that was a top 50 to top 100 recruit. He knows what big-time recruiting is because he went through that process. When he walks through the door, he can tell a student athlete or recruit exactly what they can expect from the University of South Carolina because he did it himself. Oh, and by the way, I made it to the NFL from the University of South Carolina. You want to come play against the best? You want to go to the NFL? I can get you there because I did it myself. So I, I think, you know, the, the last time there was an opening on the staff, Travian Robertson was very, very close to getting that position. But at the time, Shane Beamer did not want to move Jimmy Lindsay back outside the defensive ends, which he had coached at Western Kentucky, because Zach Pickens didn't want to have like his fourth defensive line coach in four years. And because of the cohesion of the group and uh, just how good that room was doing. So they hired a guy to coach outside linebackers and defensive ends, Sterling Lucas. I wanted it to be Travian Robertson, uh, selfishly, not a guy who spurned the University of South Carolina and went to NC State, although that was kind of a crazy recruitment. Um, but this time, that's why I think it did not take long at all. I think the, after the last interview and then what Travian has done at Tulane with how dominant that defensive front was against Kansas State and in uh, the Cotton Bowl against Southern Cal, I just think it was uh, there was really one name on the list. It was Travian Robertson. I agree. Yeah. And J- and yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. The the only thing was they may they had a uh, like briefly considered. Yep. Maybe getting on the line, but uh, then they quickly decided that it was in the best interest of the program to proceed in the manner they did. And I certainly believe that uh, I believe they made the right call. Cause I, you know, it's just, you, uh, cause eventually he's going to be coaching somewhere yeah, and probably somewhere you're going to have to play. Yeah. Right. Like really. So, soon. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you're like, yeah, I mean, they get him while he's out there. And uh, I just saw a tweet from Travian and said, I'm coming home. Nola yeah. to Cola. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just couldn't be more Pretty thrilled. Cool. Well, and, 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 and I am getting old because I, dude, I remember that recruitment too. And I'm like, wow, now he's the D line coach. You know? Yeah, well, now wait a second here. Jeez, but I, but I think too, like I, I, I think one of the, um, you know, we all have our connections to to people at South Carolina, 
And Travian, like we're, he's a little bit younger than I am, um, but he's really good friends with with like my really good friends. So it's it's neat to have like that perspective too, not just the the outside perspective and what coaches and stuff. And I, and and I've known this for a long, long time. And I'm I'm, I'm not trying to say this selfishly or put, it's not about that. I'm, I'm trying to say this about Travian, the guys that I know that know him, whom I've talked to in the last couple of days, like it's, it is so authentic and how they speak about him, but it's been the same way forever. Like it's not just because he's all of a sudden Travian Robertson coaching at South Carolina. Like it's about, it, it's the same. I was talking to Stephen Flint the other night and he was, we were going back in the, the weeks leading into uh, Shane Beamer's hiring and the call that, 120 something guys were on who were like uh you need to hire beamer 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 like all these guys that were were around and not even just played under shane or while he shane was there but got to know him maybe they were former players had come back during shane's time as an assistant coach maybe it was a little bit after whatever and travian robertson's name came up and he was like, oh, my God, you know, just one of those guys. I mean, Travian Robertson is one of the dudes. He was a dude. You knew you could call Travian Robertson at 2 in the morning and he would come pick you up. You also knew when practice, if you went one rep short, he was going to be the one that grabbed you by the neck and said, get your ass over there. You got one more to do. Um, so, you know, when you know the type of human being you're you're getting, not to mention, you know, understands this town, this city, that – this culture and what it's supposed to be about and understands the guy that's in charge of all that. And by the way, he's a pretty good coach. I mean, it just, it's really hard to not get very excited about something like that. Keith. I mean, JB, I totally agree. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what he does with the room he inherits and, uh, you know, he will quickly get out on the road recruiting and then a month from tomorrow, June 2nd, official visits will start. I mean, it's going to be a whirlwind for him. But if there's anybody that's prepared for this and has been waiting and preparing for this, it is Travian Robertson. I mean, this is his dream job. We've heard that before, haven't we? That's I mean, this, you know, it, the, he and his wife met at South Carolina. They built a family together. They are Gamecocks through and through. I mean, I just think it is a grand slam hire. And, I mean, honestly, and I mean, look, to me, Clayton White's defense, they got to improve the run. I think a lot of that is on the second level because I do think Jimmy Lindsay was a good coach and an excellent recruiter, probably not a great coach. I mean, I know people that throw that pink Jenkins school of coaching around like, you know, he's wearing that on the front of his chest, but I know Brad Lawing. J.C. has stood and sat right in front of Brad Lawing's position group at open practices. 
I've been there many times. Those guys knew exactly what was expected, and he was not coach nice. Okay, he wasn't going to stop everything and sit there and talk to you and tell you how great you are for screwing up. Travian is going to coach his guys hard. There's going to be maximum reps. Okay, but he's going to love them hard. And I think that is exactly what has been missing with the defensive line. So happy for Zach Pickens to hear his name called. I think that's great for J.C. being up there in Chicago. Shoot, he may be getting sideline passes. (laughs) But I think we only saw flashes of Zach Pickens' top-level ability. Yeah, I think we saw 80 to 90% of those guys' abilities most of the time. I think now with Travian Robertson, you'll get 100% or somebody else will be going in the game um, because that's just how it's going to be. Well, it's a it's a great day for the Gamecocks, no doubt, with the hire of uh, of Travian Robertson. They uh, from a text I got this morning, they upgraded was what he said, and I'd say he's fairly qualified to say what he said. That's a good source on that. So, um, certain no disrespect either to to Jimmy Lindsay. That is not disrespectful. Absolutely not. Totally not agree. That's not a personal shot at him in any way. Uh, thank thank him as a matter of fact for his time at, at Carolina. Um, I I. I not to totally shift gears. I tell you what, I'll hold it to the very end of this. I, I, I do want to get your thoughts on the uh, the draft class for Carolina, Keith, and the free agents that signed. I this is I don't ever know how to evaluate it. You just don't really know. But 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 I think that this is a very very underrated class heading to the NFL for Carolina because I just feel like a lot of these guys. You just said one of them, for instance. Zach Pickens, a guy who I think like once he's coached a little bit differently in the NFL is going to to blossom. We've watched Darius Rush every year get better. It's hard to imagine he's going to go up to the NFL, be coached by the best in the world, and get worse. Uh, Cam Smith, a guy we've seen it. We know it. It's rare that uh, corners leave South Carolina and aren't successful in the NFL. They're always very good. Guys like Nate Adkins, had Josh Van not gotten hurt, his name probably would have come off the board. So I just think that there's a lot of guys that have left over the last few days for the NFL that are not going to be talked about at all that will look up in a couple of years and go, wow, that guy's having a nice, nice, nice career. I agree. I mean, I think for me the guy I was most happy for or the happiest for was Darius Rush because yeah. his he comes from a Gamecock family of season ticket holders. Yeah, he grew up coming to games. It was his dream to play at the University of South Carolina. He was a very unheralded recruit, uh, basically a super sleeper under the radar kind of guy 
not highly rated, started out as a wide receiver, moved to defensive back. And then when Torian Gray came in, this guy comes from being on the bottom, you know, 10 or 12 guys on your roster to saying, hey, man, did you see that play Darius Rush made in the bowl game against North Carolina on the sideline? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the year he had this year, and then being 6'2", 200 pounds, and running four three six at the NFL Combine, uh, to see, you know, the video of him when it happened, that moment when he got the phone call that he was drafted. I can only imagine, and for all of them, I mean, Greg Atkins, his son, yeah. you know, coming to South Carolina this past year. And I'm telling you right now, there's a guy named Sean Payton, who is uh, now the coach of the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. And he likes to use a fullback. Yeah. And, I mean, we saw what Nate Atkins could really do blocking, I guess, really, that, that Kentucky game was the first big game. And then they still never used him in the passing game until, I don't know, maybe he caught one pass against Florida after, I mean, they didn't even show up. But Tennessee and then Clemson and then Notre Dame. And you're like, this guy's a freaking stud. He is an NFL player. I'm kind of surprised he didn't get drafted, but once you get to the seventh round, it's really almost better once you get past the mid part of that round to be an undrafted free agent because a team that's going to pick you up, they're going to pick you up because they have a particular fit in mind, and that was the team that interviewed Nate Atkins, was the Denver Broncos. And so I think he has a great chance to make that roster. I mean, you don't have to be drafted uh, to be great in the NFL. There are countless examples of undrafted free agents who've gone on to have great careers in the National Football League. And so I was really happy for him. For people ask, well, were you really, weren't you shocked, Jalen Brooks? Got drafted. I'm like, no, he's six yeah, foot three. He runs like a deer. After everything he went through, which I won't even get into that, that was as a joke. Worse than Trajan Jeffcoat, quite frankly. Um, he came back and had an excellent season. I mean, you see the the size, the speed, the ability to run after the catch, the catch radius on Jalen Brooks. You know, very happy for him. And I just think it was a, a special day for South Carolina football. And again, Justin King really wins the day with uh, all the go be great videos, whether it's Nate Atkins or 
Justin Stepp or whomever, Shane Beamer, talking about all of those guys. I just thought, man, he really won the day. Well, we'll finish on this. Here's to praying that we get to turn the TV on on a Sunday this fall and the Carolina Panthers are on the field and at tight end is Hayden Hurst and the three wide receivers are Demir Bird, Josh Fan, and Shai Smith. I don't think I've ever seen that in the history of the NFL where all four of your pass catchers would be from one school, but that would be quite the moment. Uh, that'd be a hell of a commercial for Gamecock football. <laughs> That's for dang sure. Uh, so I we'll, think you could definitely see that in a preseason game. You could. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, Hayden could. Hurst, for sure. Shy Smith's done really well. Demir Bird. He's been around um, a while. Has done really well. I guess this will be his second stint with the Panthers. And then Josh Van. You know, that, that injury on that big-time catch on the sideline against Clemson was really unfortunate. I mean, that was another guy. I mean, you talk about the defensive guys South Carolina didn't have. You talk about the guys that left that South Carolina didn't have. But you didn't have Jalen Brooks or Josh Van in that bowl game either. Uh, obviously, Jalen Brooks, because of an academic mishap, or misstep, and then Josh Van because of the injury. But, I mean, that South Carolina team was just absolutely depleted and still almost won the game. Yeah. Yep. Keith, we'll leave it there. We are uh, due for a break, but uh, really, really, really great stuff. I'm sure this week's going to be a, a big week for you. That Probably a lot of insight on the Travian Robertson hire, clearly with – uh, your connections to Coach Lawing, and um, and we will certainly be looking forward to that and listening to that as well. Thanks for everything, and uh, and uh, have a wonderful week out there in the Lone Star State. Where, by the way, I don't know what the weather is there, but here it's seventy five in the day and fifty five at night. It's the most perfect weather we've had in a long, long time, and not a drop of rain and no humidity. Even better. It was ninety degrees here yesterday. <laughs> 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 All right. So, so let me tell you. So just real quick, I know you guys got to go break. So Friday, bad weather, awful storm. Saturday, the sun was out. The wind was blowing 30-something miles an hour, and it's about 65 degrees. So it felt like about 50 degrees. Um. And it was no fun. I guess I'm thankful I wear glasses, but the dirt blowing on the baseball diamond. Oh, yeah. Brutal. But so, yeah, it's just uh, you never know what it's going to be from one day to the next. It can be 40, 60, 85, and then back to 50. It's just May the 1st. So, but uh, hey, thank you guys for this segment every week I love coming on and chopping it up with you guys and thanks for promoting the show and uh, as soon as I get off here I am getting in touch with my good friend Brad Lawing and uh, I just can't imagine the pride that he feels because that's like a second son to Brad Lawing 
was Travion Robertson. And plus all the grief he went through from that recruitment. So at any rate, you guys have a fantastic week. And uh, hey, welcome home tour starts. Last week was a great week for Lamont Paris. And I think uh, next week will be a great week for Dawn Staley. I sure hope so. Been going pretty good. Thanks, Keith. Yep. Thank you. There you go. Mm-hmm. 1240 on this uh, Monday afternoon. We are teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com, the coolest club in the Carolinas. Almost 45 courses to play for a very, very, very low monthly rate. One round pays for it all. TravelingCountryClub.com. If you haven't checked it out and you like to tee it up on out on the golf course, this is this is where, where you want to go. I promise you that. Gamecock owned and operated. Former Gamecock golfer Michael Manus is the head man. TravelingCountryClub.com. We'll be right back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside. All of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan, and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Coleman from the Yardcocks. Electric bikes at Charleston Powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks.
Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia and live from the Sinorama Columbia Studios. Special thanks to Sinorama for helping out with the Carolina Rise live events coming yeah. through very clutch when we needed them the most. Banners were awesome, man. They, uh, they're just, there's a reason why they're hired by the University of South Carolina. So we don't have to, there's no endorsement that's better than that one. Um, so, hey, how about this? You ready for this? I just got this email from uh, from the uh, from um, the uh, Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. The pairings are out for the Peach Bowl challenge. You know where they you know, all the coaches get together and play, and so they have you know you bring somebody with you. I think Shane last year brought his dad. I, I'm assuming he's doing the same thing this year. Did I miss that? Um. So you've got a foursome that you play with, I think. Anyways, Coach Beamer is uh, is paired with Tom O'Brien, okay? All right, so here are the teams. Shane Beamer and Tom O'Brien. Everybody remembers – I know y'all remember Tom O'Brien. Hopefully else, everybody else does. Dabo is paired with Paul Johnson, formerly of Georgia Tech and Navy. Mike Norvell at Florida State and Bobby Johnson from Vandy. Pat Narduzzi at Pitt, Chan Gailey. Georgia Tech, Dino Babers and Rick Neuheisel, Eli Drinkwitz and Jim Grobe, Jeff Munkin from Army and Randy Edsel. How about this group here? Urban Meyer and Dan Mullen. Whoa. And there's there's but there's one I've left off that's more woe than that one. You ready? Steve Spurrier and Kirby Smart. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> I can only imagine Kirby's going to get hammered for 18 holes yeah. by the HBC. Oh, man. So, and, Oh, and man, you, to be a fly on the wall for that pairing. Yeah, you're right. Oh. The 18, could you imagine the yes that <laughs> – Spurrier's going to talk to him the whole time. <laughs> I mean, there's probably two people on the planet that Kirby Smart literally just has to nod and say yes, sir, to the whole time, and that's Saban and Spurrier. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, you know, I mean, well, Kirby, you got to play it as it lies. I th- man, the next time we get Pat DeMarco on him on here, let him tell you about playing golf with Coach Spurrier. And it really isn't fun as fun as you'd think it is because he's such a competitor. And I mean, I don't want to speak for all I'll just let them tell their stories. But they're like, dude, you can't like Steve, he he'll come over your shoulder. Now you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, coach, I thought we were just playing for fun. No, no. This hole's two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah um it's no dude all right nana sports chat box quantrell we didn't bring up bj mac but there's only so many minutes in that segment uh i apologize uh, i wish maybe somebody would have said something i would have asked him but that segment tends to run a little long and we get behind and so there's only so many topics you can hit with keith uh but yeah lamont paris did get priority uh recruit One. bj mac and I, I i think it's a big time deal that's I a did. big time deal. So, uh, Ed asked if we're having any interest in Demon Clowney, Jadevian's cousin. That would be no. And that's because he's not good enough. Period. Well, that's it. it. Well, you know, 
Shamir Jeffrey ended up being uh, not being good enough, even though he's pretty good out of high school, you know. So that was uh, you, no, you can't always do the name. I mean, I, I think he'd be a logical get if if you get him, but they, they don't have a lot of interest uh, in him. Craiger wants us to reach out to Lawing and try to get him on the show. Uh, that could happen. Um, Rakeem says Strawn had his biggest season under Robertson, right? Yeah, right before he came. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travian had uh, taken it, uh, taken it over. Uh, somebody said Jalen Brooks is slow. Uh, I think you're just reading too much into his 40 time at the combine. Slow guys don't do a slow developing reverse and get 18 to 20 yards and a touchdown every time they do it. Um, you know, so I, I would not call him slow. You know, Clint asked about Keon Coleman from Michigan State. Uh, Killen, I don't think they have room to take another receiver. Uh, if, if a couple of those guys have gotten in the portal, maybe, but I, I don't think they have room to do it. Um, and keep in mind, the last staff was the staff that was the runner-up. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, the staff. I don't think. So, just to, well, to clean up those things there. By the way, I, I talked to Xavier Leggett the other day about Jalen Brooks. We were, we were just kind of chatting on Saturday just because we had the draft on at the thing. And um, I think this was right after Darius Rush was drafted, I believe. And um, I was like, man, you know, just whatever. We're just shooting the bull about all the guys going. Nothing nothing big. I wouldn't say much. More listening than anything. And and he was telling me, he was like, dude, he said, I – I asked him, I was like, you know, have you, how's Jalen doing, you know, and, and, you know, we think about him as far as what he can do in the NFL. He's like, man, he's like, I'll be honest with you. He's like working out with him. Like he's, he's good. He's like, I, and he was being serious. I mean, you met Xavier Leggett. He, he's a really good dude, but he's also got like a good head on his shoulders. And like the way he was describing how this kid plays the game and just how he, he how, um, he, the game has slowed down for him, I guess is what he was kind of getting at. Like he just continued to get better and better. And he's like, man, I really think he's going to play a long time. So it was just interesting to kind of pass that along from one of his peers and uh, not, didn't get into like the, the X's and O's of, of, you know, speed height. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, you know, what do you think you'll do in the NFL? And he was like, I, I, I like him. He was like, man, you should see him in practice. Matter of fact, that was the second or third time someone said that to me, JC. I think you and I have talked about this before. His guys are like, man, this guy, you get him out here in practice, you watch him play, and you're like, holy smokes, who is this guy? Um, and it's just unfortunate what happened to him happened to him, and he couldn't play for a long time. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, it's always a new day, and you, and you move forward. So yeah. that's a deal there. But, uh, anyway, Phil, I guess we got to hit another one here. We've got we one one more to satisfy, yeah. Let's mm-hmm. do one more. We can catch up on chat boxing and, and all that good stuff. Uh, chat boxing. Yeah, J- James Churchill's English Pub. By the way, James told me a funny story at the Charleston event. He said he looked high and low online for a Churchill's English Pub t-shirt or hat. Couldn't find one. <laughs> so I, I'm either I'm – I'm on a mission now. To, to find to uncover uh, something when I get one I give it to James anyway we'll be back in a second the 
the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing Lender, NMLS 2229, LONMLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida. And you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. On deep drive to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. Two into center, and this will going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Texas, and it's gone. Welcome back, everybody. Final segment of Inside the Gamecocks, the show for a Monday. Hey, by the way, did y'all see Jamie Robinson got drafted by the Panthers? So him and JC will be in the secondary again together? Yes. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, somebody yeah. was like, well, former Gamecock, so that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing yeah. I hate about the whole Jalen Brooks is what the damn Cowboys. I'm like, I hate it when, you know. Guys yeah. go to the Cowboys, the Eagles, you know, I'm like, golly, come on, the Giants. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you, Phil, you'll like this, man. We will um and and throughout the week we'll just continue to kind of share some 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 of the stories we can share. Obviously, uh some you probably can't. This one this was neat. I um I I told Marcellus on on Saturday, Phil, I said, Marcellus, I don't think I don't think you understand how many people in this state caused an earthquake when you caught that ball in Clemson. <laughs> when you picked off DJ Uyunglele, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think you understand what that moment 
uh, meant. That one and then Juice, of course, you know, getting the first down to end this thing. And he said, I knew he was going to throw it to me. I said, oh, you did? <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah. He said, I've been studying, you know, I studied a lot of tape on him and just kind of how he looked off guys. And as the game went on, like, you know, you just pick up what these guys do. And he said he looked me off, and then I saw him look the other way. He said, I knew by virtue of him looking at me and then looking the other way, he was going to throw it to me. And I was like, so what did you, what did you think? Like, when you saw that, like, what, what were you doing? He goes, I was just telling myself, catch the damn ball, man. <laughs> I said, well, well, you caught it. He goes, hell yeah, I caught it. He said, I, I said, well, uh, he kind of overthrew it, right? He said, no. He said, I actually deked him a little bit. He said, I kind of rubbed him off his route and deked him a little bit to make him think that the ball was already thrown. And so then, you know, he kind of threw it and let it go. And he said he basically threw it like I was running the route instead of him. So yeah. I knew that only one person could catch it. But then just have that conversation. We're sitting here and I'm like, it just goes to show you, like, what all these idiots that sit in the stands, like, they don't know anything about anything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> these guys know what they're doing. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But they're pretty freaking good. Uh, oh, that was a neat story, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You love the insight into that. And Marcellus had his best day. Yeah. I think one of the best games of, of his career against Clemson. Uh, you know, there were other pass breakups, too. He had those guys covered like a blanket. Clemson went after him because I think when you played South Carolina last year, you know, you're like, you really don't want to throw it Cam and you really don't want to throw it Rush either. But with Marcel, you know, so, so you kind of pick your poison, uh, and then it's up to the, the guy behind them to, um, you know, uh, to step up. And, and Marcelo certainly did that game. And now you got Marcellus Dial and O'Donnell Fortune. Those are your starting two. Uh, another duo from the state of South Carolina, I might add. Um, yep. And so we'll see kind of how it goes from there. But, uh, you know, I, I like Marcellus because he's from Woodruff. You know, he's from kind of yeah. where I'm from. And so I've, I've always kind of thought thought a lot of him for that reason. Well, th did any of you know, JC, were you back there when we were doing the video with the football team, the, the youth football team, the Warhawks? Did did no. you know that it's Xavier Leggett? Leggett? Leggett. It's not Leggett? No, wow. not Leggett, not Leggett. Xavier Leggett. And and he was – we'll have a video of it up soon. But this is Xavier Leggett, and I and I was I was trying not to laugh. And Trey Knox, Trey Knox was like, man, this guy, he don't even know how to say his last name. He's like, no, that's how you say it. It's Leggett. <laughs> it was so funny, man. So I told him, I was like, so are we the only ones that know how to actually say your last name? He's like, man, I don't know about all that, but it's Leggett. And I was like, okay. Leggett. Yes. All right. Well, Lee, I got a video of it. Yeah. So it's like it's like he's like he's like somebody had to uh, tell Tom. It's, it's like Peter, it's like a Peter Tom Willis kind of name. It's like Xavier Lee Get. Like Xavier Lee. Like Xavier Lee. Lee? <laughs> Xavier Lee Get. That was about the time. I don't know if y'all heard that motorcycle come by and the exhaust popped on it. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Pow. When they, yeah, were, I thought we were. Under attack. I thought Clemson fans have been tipped off. <laughs> they were filming this video, and Trey Knox had literally just said, you know, you want to play for the East Cooper Warhawks. These guys are coached really well, and that all that happened. And he stopped, and he was like, 
Now, how am I going to promote this family-friendly football team while we're getting shot at every year? Like, you know, <laughs> it was right on cue. I mean, there were so many just neat, great little moments where I realized, like, these are just really good guys, man. They were having a blast with each other. That was such a great, great deal and really, really cool. Yeah, and, and I think I want to say this real quick. I'm going to give Will Champ some credit here. Absolutely. A lot of those guys Absolutely. were his recruits. A lot of them weren't, but a lot were. And the, uh, you know, Five guys, six guys that were drafted that he recruited to South Carolina the other day, including Robinson. Yeah, he recruited those guys to South Carolina. So, uh, you know, Muschamp for all he did, I think he knew players and he knew character. He left Florida in a good spot character wise too when it was not when he took over. Um, so you look at silver linings of that era. I think it's a big silver lining, and and I think the character change started under, under Steve Spurrier because. We all remember the the crowd he inherited from Lou Holtz. A lot of those guys, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying all of them were high character or whatever, but you know, there were there were many, many uh, off the field issues. Uh, and Spur cleaned it up, and Muschamp continued that, and looks like Beavers continuing that. Uh, Contrables knows there anyway. Napier makes it to the third year in Gainesville. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I, you know. Well, games like Florida sometimes when you start spelling doom and gloom for them, that's when they like rally the troops and put it all together and and and, and get the eight eight seven eight wins to continue it. So I don't know. I I, I don't have high confidence they're going to be that good this year. I don't either. From my standpoint, I don't. Well, the last thing they need is to fall into that Tennessee hole and just you know <laughs> wander through head coaches. Tennessee <laughs> hole. Yeah. Uh, well. No, that's, James, that's, they, that's exactly what they need, Phil. Yeah, that, well, James, yeah, right, they, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> James, they have room to add three in the pool. So anyway. I know this. I, is oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you got that three. Okay, uh, they're they're outside of Clemson. There ain't a game on this schedule that I can't wait to see more than when Florida walks into Williams Bryce Stadium. No, oh, I yeah. can tell you that. I can tell you that. I hope, hopefully, by that time, uh, hopefully by that time, Shane Beamer's Gamecocks are just putting Billy Napier out of his misery down there, and he'll ride off into the sunset with about a thirty million dollar go away check. But at least you won't be coaching the Gators anymore. I don't know. Forget all that. Actually, the Gators stick around as long as you can, Billy. You're, it's it's going great, man. It gets Spurrier to do it on the tarmac of CAE. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Spurrier, hey, Billy, I have to let you know you're fired. Uh, me and Jerry go get back in this plane. She's a happy Gamecock today. All right, have a yeah. good one. I don't know what happened. Shoot. Somebody go get Ron Cooper. Ron, what, what happened out here to the defense? That's uh, my name to get your name on the building. <laughs> now, I did, I did. I said something earlier. I was mistaken that the coaches don't go from Carolina to LSU when because uh, people were like, well, did Jimmy Lindsay get asked to look around? That answer is no, an emphatic no. Um, but I, I said something, well, they, you don't just don't go to LSU from Carolina get asked, but, but that's not true. Ron Cooper yeah. did go from Carolina to LSU after having been asked to look around, so there you go. There, that, there is precedent for that. That's not what happened with Jimmy. Well, Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy's what Coach Satterfield Referred to as a uh, retread, right? Uh, he's now a retread. Yes, he is. Okay. Marcus. 
All right. Genius. If Marcus ends back in the SEC somewhere, guess what? Guess what? He's a retread. He'll be a retread. I, I, I doubt uh, that. I don't see that happening. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks to John Whittle and Keith Alsep. Uh, again, a special thanks to our friends at Electric Bikes of Charleston as well. Um, Michelle, you'll see some of these videos soon. But her and her whole team, they were out there. They were awesome. And these players, like, fell in love with their bikes. And they rode them down Highway 17. And we thought we'd never get them back. I mean, it was it was awesome. Uh, so we really appreciate what they did uh, over the weekend. Thanks to Tony Pope again and the East Cooper Warhawks and Nana's Porch and Home Team Barbecue and JC and Cam Sherbert and their wives and a partridge in a pear tree. I mean, there's just a lot of people to thank, but. Uh, we've got to make sure we continue to push that out there. For Phil and JC and myself, JB, we'll be back tomorrow at 11 o'clock on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Company and from the Sinorama Studios. And we cannot wait to see them. <laughs>